Hey friend, welcome to the Get Rooted in Health podcast. I'm Gabby Flater, a faith-led wife, mom of three, certified nutrition consultant, personal trainer, and passionate about changing lives. I know how frustrating it can be to navigate the health and wellness world. You want to be motivated to prioritize your well-being and wish you were more educated when it comes to cultivating a healthy home. Maybe you're a mom who's completely burnt out and needs a fresh perspective on life, or you're searching for a place to feel seen, heard, and encouraged in a godly manner. No matter if you're doing the dishes, getting your sweat on, or drinking reheated coffee while watching the kids play, there is always an opportunity for growth. If you are ready to finally take action about these desires and are ready to learn, grow, and transform your mind, then you are in the right place. It's time to establish deeper roots so you can enjoy a more fruitful and fulfilling harvest. Let's dig in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Get Rooted in Health podcast. My name is Gabby and thank you so much for tuning in today. Today we're going to just kind of jump right in. Um, I'm finding it hard to enter into this recording, um, but this is like my only window of time at the moment with busyness of life and schedules and um, based on when this next episode needs to come out and I want it to be out on time for you guys. So here we are and I'm just going to dive into exactly uh, where I'm at because like I said I'm having a hard time getting my brain out of um, this thought process, this thought mode um, and, and it really and that's okay. And so I thought I would just like come here and process it with you guys and see how it goes. <laughs> um, because we are living life together and doing life through all the ups and downs. And here on this podcast, my goal has always been to be authentic and real and same with uh, on social media with just how I present myself and, you know, I share a lot of the joy and the highs um, and the, um, you know, the lows so that it doesn't always look like, you know, we're walking on cloud nine or everything is perfect in Gabby's world because it definitely isn't and I want to be relatable. I want you guys to be able to rely on this podcast as a space to feel validated in your feelings and your emotions in your current life circumstances and hopefully just that it can uh yeah just give you again a space that you can feel seen and hopefully understood and um yeah kind of give some substance to what you're feeling sometimes it's really hard to find words (laughs) to describe um, some of the things that you're feeling. Um, So the whole reason I'm I'm saying this is, so I'm coming off of um, a funeral that I attended yesterday for my grandpa, who was 92. Uh, He passed away on October 26th. We just had the funeral um, for him. And prior to that, I had another uh, grandparent pass away in October as well, October 13th, and we attended a funeral um, about a week later as well for that. Um, So October was filled with some strange things, (laughs) some strange emotions. Um, The first one, the first grandparent that passed is my stepdad's um, dad. So 
and maybe I mentioned this on another episode, but I wasn't um, as close with him, but still, it, you know, you're there, you're supporting family, you're in the environment, it still is a loss um, in, in the family, and um, yeah, you're just, whether or not it, it really affects you, you're, you're grieving with those that you care about that it does um, affect and hurt um, and yeah, just what you have to gear up for when you go to attend um, something like that. So um, yeah, so we had that. And then um, my grandpa, so this is my biological dad's dad. So my dad had passed away when I was eight years old, if you don't know that. Um, I think I've recorded a podcast on here just kind of sharing a kind of a general brief life story of mine so um I could link that in the show notes for you guys um if you have not had a chance to listen to that just kind of gives you um a general idea of me my life story um a little bit of my background and why I am who I am or at least I think I know who I am you know (laughs) based off of all of that and just where it's brought me today uh you know I I am here and I look back and I I don't need to sit here and worry about the what ifs and ponder it and wish the way wish away my life because I wish I would have had what was in the past but that just doesn't get us anywhere and so um I don't I don't focus on it a lot it's made me stronger and I look back and I can see that God has carried me through so much and made me a stronger person I have learned so much and I'm also able to bless so many others through the pain and the trials um that I have overcome over my lifetime so far. I'll be 30 uh, in March next year. So um, still a lot of life to live, Lord willing, and uh, feel like I've lived a lot of it, um, a lot of life. Um, So my dad passed away when I was eight. And that was um, the grandparent that I had just attended the funeral for his dad. So my grandpa, Grandpa Lubin was 92. It's kind of neat in this day and age with having podcasts and social media, like just a way to honor, you know, like newspapers and and all those things were kind of the, I don't know, the way of like honoring people, you know, in the obituaries and stuff, which still happened. But um, what a neat way to like come here and just share a little bit um, and have, um, you know, a little bit of his life story just out there in the world. (laughs) And uh, yeah, 92, which is pretty incredible. And he lived quite a life. So part of the reason I'm having a hard time getting my thoughts in order and my just like feeling like normal, <laughs> I'm feeling a little off. Um, I think it's just, um, it's a big chapter. I told myself that I'm not going to cry, but you guys know I get a little emotional on here. So I apologize. Um a big chapter of my life has closed fully. And it's kind of crazy to think of it that way. Uh, so my grandpa had outlived all three of his children, one of them being my dad, of course, and his wife, and majority of his siblings. Like, I'm pretty sure... He has a brother somewhere in New York, but he doesn't even have the same last name. I don't know all the full story of things, but like, 
yeah, there's nobody left. <laughs> um, so the Lubin name has um, gone to the grave, we'll just say. Um, even though my sister isn't married, she um, took on the name of my stepdad's family. Um, and so, yes, me and her are still here. We are blood and living. Um, but in terms of just that generational thing, um, with the Lubin heir, the name, um, that no longer gets to live on. And um, it's kind of crazy. Because, you know, as, as your grandparents get older, you just kind of uh, expect, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but like, you know, oh yeah, as you, you just get older, you expect that like, you know, um, your grandparents eventually, like it's just, it's just going to come to be their day. And this became the day. And um, as I started to get the messages that, um, he was sleeping more and just not really getting out of his room. Um, yeah, it kind of happened fast because my grandpa was always on the move. He was always busy, even when he moved out of his house. Um, you know, was just you couldn't even get him on his phone because he was never in his room because he was out playing cards or chatting with the ladies. <laughs> and so. Um, you know, we'd have to call the front desk if we really needed him for something. And they're like, oh, Paul, we love Paul, you know. And um, so it just um, warms my heart that he was still very social and outgoing and busy despite the change of environment and, and where he lived and stuff. Um, but, yeah, so a big, it kind of comes to a full circle um, that closes a big chapter of my past that I don't enter into very often. I had, you know, when you um, are close to the person that had passed, you usually are involved in looking through photos and planning for the, you know, the funeral. And so I had helped my mom, um, who has been remarried um, for my dad for 17 years. So like, you know, she's worked through so much and moved on, which she absolutely should. And I, I mean you know can't bring my dad back so like we have learned how to move forward in life and we have um, been blessed in so many ways and so it just was like can I help um, go get let's find the photo bins because also they moved into a new home so I'm like mom where are your photo bins like we need to go find them in the other house so um, just found those and uh, just I know I didn't we didn't have a whole lot of time and so I just skimmed through a lot of photos um yeah and you know back then the their kind of photos like I still remember I don't know if you remember going to the store and dropping off a photo or, or the like um film what do you call it the film to get developed or whatever oh my gosh I'm I remember doing that a lot growing up anyway um yeah so my mom has tons of photos not digital <laughs> uh and it was neat to look through but also like wow this is this feels like an entirely different life and it was it was and that's okay uh, it just stirs up a lot of things and um as I I'll kind of touch on this as we keep going here but um now as an adult looking at things and all the things I've been able to process 
Um, now as a parent, just like understanding what my mom had gone through, seeing things a little differently through an adult's eyes, um, and through an adult processing mindset versus like when I was a teenager or even just a kid, like it's just not the same. And I, and I see it differently. I see some things more clearly. I know a little bit more of my, my past, uh, um, some history and, um, have been able to put pieces together. So, um, some things just make more sense and I, and I get it now. Uh, and yeah, let's just say that, so grief as a child is completely different than grief as an adult. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure all of you would agree with that. So whether or not you've gone through any sort of loss or trauma or crazy life trials, whatever it is for you, um, experiencing them, um, as a child or in the teenage years versus like adult years, I mean, um, the capacity for your mind to even process certain things just isn't there when you're younger. Uh, and sometimes parents, um, they don't always want to expose their children to all, all the secrets, we'll just say. Um, they want to protect them and protect themselves too, but really making sure that um, it's the right time if they choose to share. And sometimes that happens in families and that definitely happened with me where I had found out things when I was 18 years old and um, older. Um, just, yeah, that started to really start putting pieces of my past together. Um, so that changed how I viewed some things and how I, like how I had viewed them as a child up until then, uh, which is really crazy. But grief, loss, trials, hardships, trauma, whatever, it's n it isn't linear. If I can tell you anything I've learned, is it's not linear. Your emotions, your feelings, uh, and some of the like undescribable the things we don't have words for it's not predictable you can't predict any of it um and i find that you know a lot of these things don't get processed or that like none of it really happens at the funeral or at whatever event that you are you know attending to or time you're spending to honor that person um and it never really happens there so uh, I ended up attending this a funeral without my husband. He um, was not able to make it. And I told him, like, it's, you know, he would want to be there, absolutely. And I would make it known if I needed him there. Um, but I hadn't, you know, my grandpa lived two and a half hours north of me. And, and um, as he got, you know, he didn't have his home anymore. And the dementia and Alzheimer's stuff was just slowly setting in. Just harder and harder to have conversations. We didn't visit as much. He couldn't drive. Um, and we did our best. We, we still did our best from afar. And would definitely visit um, as often as we could. And um, especially in those final, you know, months as we were hearing things weren't looking the same for him. But uh, so, you know, my relationship with him wasn't like, um, something that I couldn't go through without like Alex being there. Of course I would want him there, but, um, some work circumstances did not allow him 
to to come and so that also played into the you know it doesn't all happen at the funeral like I was on mom mode I had um, some other family members be able to travel with me which was super helpful because um, you know I got three kids with me all under the age of five and uh, that means I'm on mom mode and I'm making sure that I have literally everything under the sun packed with me regardless if I need it or not like it's coming because I can't have anything go wrong <laughs> um so yeah it was just a, a whole day trip and my kids did great by the way but uh you know you get there and it's just like yeah I I could enter into conversations and things like that but then I'm also like oh you know Titus has to go poop like I'll be right back because that is an emergency like I can't not go help him <laughs> And, uh, you know, my mom, as much as she wanted to help, she definitely had the ability to enter into some of those conversations with family members that we hadn't seen in so long and some friends and relatives and things and, um, as she should. So I, I know that, um, that was really hard for her to not be able to have a, a helping hand, but I didn't expect it of her. Um, I had my sister really help me a lot. Um, but also I just had to roll with the punches and, um, Yeah. It, it wasn't a giant funeral, um, but it was enough people, and it was sweet, and it was memorable, um, but, you know, half of me was still in mom mode, and um, also just, like, not, you know, you kind of put on the, the part, you put on the role, you're just, like, you're there, you're doing the thing, um, you know, we were the closest, basically, relatives to him in a sense besides a lot of my grandma's side of the family um, which she had passed away in 07 so my dad was in 02 my grandma was in 07 and then my grandpa here in 2022 can you believe he lived 15 years past his wife I feel like that is unheard of I mean he was already 92 when he passed so goodness sakes he was like in his 70s right I can't even do math late 60s 70s let's see if he was 70 that's 85 so no he was yeah in well into his 70s adding 15 years when my grandma passed I mean you just hear the statistics that men like really just like they like deteriorate because <laughs> like that's their life goal you know get married have a family live a life build a life with with your wife and someone to love and you know they make sure that you eat your vegetables and brush your teeth and all the things you know but like no, it's just, it, it's just amazing that he lived a life so long and so full still, like he continued to still pursue his friends and family members, he would walk, he would be active, I mean, he was just, yeah, that just amazes me, um, as in such a late stage of life, um, to live so much longer, um, from that, so, yeah, um, so a lot of my grandma's side was at the funeral that knew my grandpa and yeah, all the, for many, all the years, many years, um, did things and, uh, yeah, you just all come together and you just kind of catch up on life and, you know, all, all this stuff. And so I just kind of feel like today was kind of like, you know, I didn't sleep super well last night and it was just kind of like, wow. I feel like a whole flood of things kind of fully hit me where I was like, yeah, like that all really happened, Gabby. Like it's done. Um, and 
not that I wish he were to, like, be living, like, there comes a point when they're not really living life anymore, and so you're just, you know, it's like a ticking time bomb, and so, you know, I knew it was going to happen, but I think it just finally is hitting me that, um, that big piece of, of my dad is gone, but I know that I am from my dad, like, I have big peace, and I have children that I can see some. Like, I had one family member say, oh my gosh, I see so much Dave in your son, and that's my dad's name. I said, well, I named my oldest, Winston, his middle name is David, after my dad. And they found that really sweet. Um, But when they said that, I was like, wow, like, I've never really, I don't see a ton of that family so no one would ever say that to me because they no one would know they'd never they were never around my dad um nobody knew excuse me (laughs) nobody knew him um or what he looked like to be able to know that his features are um noticeable in in my kids um but I do I do um see some of that in my Winston so it's just it was just touching to hear that um but yeah, um, so just know that for you, like, you know, again, grief isn't linear. It's not predictable. Um, a lot of it doesn't happen at the funerals. Um, grieving as a child versus an adult is totally different. And it's okay to come back to grieving some of the past when you were an adult. If something opens that wound again, like a funeral, um, and you're reprocessing some things, um, things now make sense for me in a whole new light (laughs) with, excuse me, some of my family history. And, uh, it's also hard when you're a mom. I mean, I've grieved a couple things in my adult life here as a mom and man, it's hard because sometimes I just end up doing things, um, to distract myself from my feelings. And then, um, either I'm short with my kids or, um, yeah, or I, or I lash out at something and I didn't know why. And I'm like, Oh, like I, I just have to be mindful that like my heart is really um, hurting and it's tender right now. And I just, I, I can't take it out on my kids or things like, you know, I have to apologize or just be really sensitive to what I commit to and in, in the day and, um, just things like that. So, um, just know that moms, it's, it's a little harder, just moms and dads, like in, parents of littles. It's just hard with anything that you might go through. It's not just moms, it's parents, parenthood. Um, and then uh, just another thing, and I'm going to share a little bit more about my, my grandpa's life here because I think um, like it just will kind of bring a full circle into um, this podcast of like some of the things that I am processing and grieving and um, just recognizing uh, as I've had to open up some past doors and wounds and um see some old faces but um going to a funeral and seeing old family members that you haven't seen and people haven't seen each other in so long um just seeing the smiles the hugs the tears the catching up that happens and how easily it it just naturally happens uh it's just like it's just a sweet thing to witness and what it really reminds me of and shows me is 
and it's super cliche, but how short life really is. Um, and to really just invest in those relationships, even when they aren't easy. Um, those family relationships, the people closest to us sometimes are the hardest to love sometimes. Um, and that's just a fact. <laughs> uh, but something like that is something that can just bring family together no matter what and people together that haven't seen each other in so long, but you're surrounded because of someone that impacted your life or that you cared about enough to come and show up. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, a neat thing. And I just, it got me to thinking of like, what other areas in my relationships of like family life could I take some more time investing in or have a little bit more of a soft spot in my heart for, or be a little more gracious with, um, and make more time for, um, that, that was kind of what hit me and, uh, you know, what, whatever that might be for you, um, I hope that maybe you could reassess a relationship, um, choose to have conversations and open that door. I'm not telling you what it has to look like or that it'll be fun or easy or comfortable because sometimes it's just not, but we can do it. <laughs> and I much more would rather be remembered for pursuing and um, being relational and showing love and grace uh, rather than being remembered as like she never spent time with me she never talked to me she didn't call me um, I always felt judged by her or was never good enough like no, I don't want people to think that of me I don't want I don't want that so I want people to know that I you know did care about them and it doesn't have to be something that you bend over backwards for in a relationship because that's hard. It is a two-way street. But um, there is, a, a, I think, a fine line where you can do your part. And, um, yeah, it's what, what Jesus would want, what God would want. And um, if you can just focus on asking him to flow through you into that relationship, show you what it could look like for you to just be honoring to um, where the Holy Spirit's leading you and um, how to still guard your heart and protect your, you know, we all have boundaries. you got to have boundaries in relationships and things. So um, maybe it's not necessarily conversation, but it could just be like a card. Sometimes writing is easier um, for processing a conversation or a thought process that you want to talk to that person about. Um, but anyway, I, I just, it just reminded me of how short life is when, and just seeing people congregate together that haven't seen each other in so long, um, but that have come together because of someone that has impacted each of those people's lives. Um, and it was super, super cute. Um, two of my grandpa's friends came, I, I believe they were both coworkers, but they also did a ton of walking. They were always walking the mall or whatever out by them and uh, we'll go get coffee at McDonald's that was the McDonald's crew that's what I called it and uh, I just you know (laughs) 
they both had matching shirts on like it was it was the cutest thing little old farts basically like coming around joking around and having a good time and just there because this is kind of the last bit of the walk for them like they the one of them was like yep yesterday I attended a funeral for Vic and uh, now I'm here for Paul and you know like this and I'm like oh well you better not be going anywhere soon (laughs) like this is just happening to their circle of guys they're friends and they're life buddies and uh it's got to be such a weird thing um but it was a sweet thing uh to see them there (laughs) um but yeah just a different realm a different of uh, just a different realm of life that we're i'm not even 30 so you know not saying i'm gonna you know lived as long as they did but like man I'm not in in anywhere near that season of life to be able to comprehend the life lived with such people for so long and just kind of watching your friends fade away slowly and all of that so that was super sweet um but so my grandpa he again lived till he was 92 and he at, so he made the he made the newspaper when he was three years old. I shared some of these things over on my Instagram stories, but um, he made the newspaper because he lost his arm as a child. So at three years old, so I had to Google. I finally Googled what is a 1930s washing machine. Because I always knew, like, he lost his arm because of a washing machine accident. And I've never looked it up. So I looked it up. Because, you know, when things like this happen, you finally, you're like, why did it take me so long to just do this? Um, And I sent it to my mom and um, Alex. And uh, it was mind-blowing where I was like, I didn't even know. So what happened is, so, like, a, a washing machine back then had, like, a center spot with like an agitator and the water and the clothes and things but then right off to the side of it were these two rollers that would like roll with each other but like there's not even a gap in between it like they just kind of roll with each other and and then what you do is you feed the clothes through it and I don't know if they're heated or not um but they very well could be and they literally wring out the water they squeeze it out as you roll it's like like wanting to make like a noodle you're like rolling it through there flattening it out you're squeezing all the water out maybe it's heated and so the heat kind of helps dry it a little bit or whatever and then that's it so he happened to turn it on by himself while his dad was taking a nap and his mom was outside hanging laundry and he put his got his fingers stuck through those rollers and ended up his head also like got rubbed I don't know got like burned from it too he must have I don't I don't even know um so he's like screaming and I can't even I don't even I can't even imagine the feelings of the parents but the dad heard the kid scream through four closed doors it said because he was taking a nap because he worked like third shift or something um and then yeah the mom I can't even imagine what she was feeling Um, well, my grandma, or I'm sorry, not my grandma, but his mom. (laughs) Um, 
And yeah, so they did not think he was going to make it based on the newspaper article. Um, but however, so they were like, well, the gangrene set in. So the next best thing was to amputate his arm. And uh, they were like, little Lubin is recovering well and, and looks like he will make it um, after the amputation. So my grandpa has had one arm since he was three years old. And that's all I've ever known, obviously, for him. And he did everything. There was nothing he couldn't do. He tied his shoes. He drove cars. He did yard work. I mean, he literally, I mean, it's just like you adapt. I mean, like an animal that has three legs or something. Like you just, from a kid on, you just learn how to do life. And by the time he was my grandpa, he had lived a lot of life, you know, to know how to maneuver. So um, such an incredible story, but he always just joked like, oh, an alligator chopped it off or, you know, just silly stories when I would ask or kids would ask, like, what happened to your arm? But it was always just a, a place that he could uh, be silly with it because, um, yeah, that's all he ever knew too. So um, just a really cool story um, there. But like I said too, he outlived um, all of his family and I just feel like that is not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> Um, but just life back then, um, so obviously, you know, um, our son Titus has a bleeding disorder, so that's also a mark that my dad has left. He's still here. Um, we still, we still battle with some of the same things that uh, my dad did, so there's always still that glimpse and that, that little piece of him (laughs) still around. Um, can't get rid of him, but, uh. They had two sons, so obviously my dad, and they had one other son who was born before my dad, um, who I never met, um, obviously, and uh, he uh, died when he was five years old. He had hemophilia as well, and back then, life, they didn't have the research, the knowledge, the resources, um, or the kind of, yeah, care to, to really know how to go forward with that with little boys. So um, he died at the age of five um, just from some internal bleeding that was not caught and it was unknown to my grandparents after falling off um, a bike. Um, and then their daughter, Kim, um, died in high school. I don't know if she was like a senior or what it was, um, but somewhere in that older high school age range and uh, she twirled batons she was a uh, what do you call it a debutante and uh, never met her and um, she died in a car accident and then there was my dad who died in his early 30s um, due to hemophilia and other um, health complications that came from that and uh so there went all three kids, and then uh, one brother served, one of his brothers served in um, World War II, and yeah, his wife, my grandma, passed in 07. I mean, she was such a healthy woman, like I just, I would have never guessed, but there were some things um, that ended up impacting her lungs um, from when she worked uh, in the factories all those years back in the days, and uh, just was toxic to her her lungs and apparently just made her sick as she got older um but with some of the hemophilia stuff that i've learned um yeah 
I never got to talk to my grandparents about it. I didn't fully understand what hemophilia was until... <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, I didn't really understand it until I had my Titus. And when he was born, we didn't know what was going on. And when we sat down with a genetics doctor at four or six weeks old, he was, and they diagnosed him even before the blood work came back. I was like, I'm not convinced until I see that, that sheet of paper that tells me. But they were already convinced. Um, but we sat down with that genetics doctor and my mind was completely blown. And I feel like my whole life went right before my eyes. And I was like, oh, this is what hemophilia is. Like, I just, I didn't know. You know, they just have it on my health records. And if I'm ever asked, like, are there any prior health history? Oh, my dad had hemophilia, but I'm okay. Okay. Like, and it's not a super common bleeding disorder. So therefore not everybody is super well versed and educated in it, which is just not okay. And so I, I need to bring more awareness to it because the scariness of the things that were happening to Titus was just like uncalled for, we'll just say, in the hospital of all places. It should not have happened. It shouldn't. Um, yeah. And again, that can be for a whole other story, a whole other time. But I never got to sit down with my grandma and grandpa and talk with them about what it was like to live life prior to all this research that's here now with two sons that had hemophilia. You lost both of them. Like, no wonder my grandma was a worrywart. And I, I don't know. I just, I wish I could have the conversations. But despite the insane hurdles and trials that my grandpa went through and life he lived past my grandma, like he, he was just always had a smile, always a joke, was so joyful, loved playing cards, loved being social, just still did life and never seemed to, you would never know. You would never know. And the only reason you know here is because I'm, I know the deep, secrets <laughs> but like isn't that crazy just how much life is wrapped up in each of our worlds like just our past and um yeah just watching the gen different generations journey through trials and hardships I think that they did them differently like not did them but like I don't know they probably just didn't have time like I feel like these days everything has to be oh poor me little me woe is me like not that your feelings aren't valid but like they were just like we gotta suck it up and do that we gotta move on through life we gotta keep going like like I feel like they they just learned how to do hard things and deal with hard things because it was just life that was life um I'm sure he had his moments absolutely but man I would have never known I had so many summers I'd go up there and hang out and spend time um I mean yeah I had a blast my grandpa was fun and we always invested in him for the holidays when it was you know just him for all those years those 15 years without my grandma and you know um five extra 20 years post my dad um yeah like we just still made sure he knew we were family and um our home was always open and um you know, when he would drive and he could come stay the night for Christmas time and things like that. And, um, yeah, so it's, uh, 
it's just a crazy thing because a full circle, like a big chapter of my past, my dad, everything is closed. Um, seeing what my life was from looking at photos, um, my, I have a completely different past than my current siblings do right now. My mom got remarried. She shouldn't. She was in her 30s. I mean, that's a lot of life to still live by yourself. So um, it's just a whole different life. I mean, her faith has grown exponentially since my dad passed. Um, and so that has impacted the way they live and, and as it should. And um, just beautiful things. Like my mom was definitely not into the farm life and country life and all the things like she is now. Like she was the girl that um, had all the high-end DSW shoes and did her hair all the, and not that she doesn't do her hair now, but like just a completely different life. It was just me and my sister and my mom and dad. Um, yeah. And just seeing those photos and being like, oh my gosh, my life that it's like, that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't exist anymore and that is okay. It's okay, but it's okay to grieve it for a moment. Um, I had a moment where I just cried in my attic and I was just like, wow, I don't even recognize this family. Like this, it's just, this just is not it. It's not it. No longer. And that's what it was. And you know, when you're five, six, seven, eight years old, that's all you know. And that's your life, your world. Um, and, uh, yeah, but God has really, again, seen me through so much, seen my family through so much and continue to bless us and bring us through the trials and the hardships and all the realizations that I've had finally as an adult. And, um, here I am today. So, you know, I, maybe this podcast was more just for me processing. And if you've made it this long, thank you. Like, I just, I hope that it gives you space to just be able to process or have conversations with your loved ones and, and be willing to, if they're still alive, talk with them. Um, if you have unknowns in your life, your past, or like really hard conversations or things you didn't understand or whatever, like take the time now because I didn't even know things that I could have, that I didn't even know to ask. And I, and I now know, but it's, it's just too late. And so, um, yeah, it brings a big chapter closed. I still have some of it open with, um, you know, having me and my sister um, and then, you know, my Titus with hemophilia. Just that is there, but, uh, you know, no need to be going up uh, up north anymore. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of crazy. So um, he lived a really good life and uh, was just super grateful that we got to spend the time that we did with him when it was just him, that we could bless him and show him that we still cared um, as much as our family had changed over the years and dynamics were different um, as we moved forward from the family we had built around his family um, because that became no longer. Um, So just uh, sharing all of this because I actually do feel like a huge weight lifted off of me and again maybe this was just more for me but um you know I really did feel like wow I think I just I just have to talk about this on here because I can't really get my head out of it right now and this is the only time I have to record and um I think this could bless other people if I bring them in on a journey and um just reminding you of grief like you know I I've grieved um some new things within the last three to four, 
mean, probably the last three years as an adult, I'm like, wow, grief is very different. And I haven't experienced it as much until now in my adult years. And uh, just, yeah, it, it really can do some wild things with your where you're at, the, your headspace, what you're choosing to spend your time doing, and it's okay if it looks a little different for a time. Let, let it just kind of work itself out of your system. You might find yourself doing things uh, without even knowing it or or turning to things that you're you're um, not sure why or like you're crying and you don't even know why or you you got angry at you know your kid or your spouse or who even knows um, but uh, yeah whatever it is like just have uh, the grace with yourself and um, I hope that you can enter into whatever whatever it is for you, the trauma or life circumstances or the loss. Um, and yeah, just work through that. So with that being said, if this encouraged you, if you feel someone needs to hear this, um, if you loved the story, because I really just wanted to also recap a little bit of his life in there and how it kind of tied into our world now and and the feelings that I'm having um, if, you, if you enjoyed that and um, know it would bless somebody else that um, it would mean a lot if you would share that with others and as always I appreciate you guys so much and I hope that you continue to keep tuning in um, I I look forward to the new year and um, you know this time of the year is crazy busy and I'm still gonna, you know, show up and, and pop these podcasts out. But the new year, um, you know, I have hopes of bringing on guests, um, and maybe just starting small with really just like some, they're not going to be like high name people, but like, Hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, you know, I, I have dreams of having some other people that I listen to podcasts, their podcasts. And I'm like, it would be a dream to talk to them. But, um, figuring out how to do guests on here and just talking with some friends of mine that I know are entrepreneurs or have stories of their own just like I do um, that could bless other people um, on this platform and uh, so stay tuned for that Uh, also looking to do a little rebranding of um, trying to figure out maybe if any of you I'll just pop it on here Um, know anyone who does any business art like logo i i am uh, needing a little fresh look here a fresh cut so i uh, would really like to um, tune up uh, rooted in health um, a little bit and uh, just kind of figure out what next year could look like for me and um, obviously i'm having a baby too um but you know that that, that never stops me <laughs> so um yeah it my my hopes for rooted in health um, I'm, I'm hoping to really um, spend some good time um, making some shifts and changes to better serve you guys um, and create more of a community and just bless you guys um, with these platforms that I have on Facebook and Instagram and, and on here. I mean, um, I, I, you know, I want to utilize them and uh, best serve you guys. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will talk again soon. Bye.